0: And good morning, NASCAR fans. Man, I've been waiting a minute to say that again. Woo! This is Green White Checkered all across the super stations. I am PJ Zuko alongside Brandon Bain. Getting back to Green White Checkered and so glad to be back here with you. Obviously a little bit of a hiatus. So much has gone on uh over the past uh month or so. And I appreciate you guys sticking out with us and uh, listening to us now. Now, obviously, if you've listened to the station for a long time, uh, you know kind of what has transpired, a uh, new ownership here at the station. You know, some, some shows that, that we're on aren't, aren't on anymore. And I appreciate everyone uh, who has worked here, of course. I appreciate everyone who has listened to those shows and this show during the years that that, that was on and that... That was that station, but now yes, new ownership, new station, new new focus, and uh, I'm I'm still here. Brandon's still here, ready to talk some NASCAR with you here on Green White Checkered. So uh, very happy to still be here, and thank you for listening. If you listened before. Thank you for listening. uh, That you're listening now, and thank you for sticking it out here with us through through the time off in the transition period. Uh, But so glad to be back here with you and talk some NASCAR. Ultimately, that's what it's all about. So, Brandon, so much has gone on in the world of NASCAR uh, since we last spoke, and the playoffs have started. We're already through one round, but you know, let's just talk about some of the biggest moments from the time we've been off, and one of those wins in the playoffs so far, all of the playoffs have been crazy. Uh, All of the winners have been kind of out of left field, but one winner in particular really sticks out to me, Eric Jones, the 43 car, getting back to victory lane, and what a place to do it, Darlington, the lady in black, such a historic, traditional NASCAR racetrack. Man, the 43 got back into victory lane. I love seeing every second of it.
1: Yeah, that was that was awesome to see, PJ. I mean, that was a uh, you know one of my pretty much my uncle's favorite driver was Petty the whole time. Uh, you know, through through his uh, fandom hood of NASCAR and what what he enjoyed watching was always that 43 car. So uh, very special for me to see it get back to victory lane. It had been a while. I think uh, Andretti was the last one, um, you know, before Eric Jones to put it in there. So really neat to see that, and you know. It, it it didn't surprise me. I mean, we know what Eric Jones talent is, we know what Eric Jones can do. Uh we saw it in Xfinity series, you know, he, he came up to Gibbs there and we really thought that um, you know, he was gonna kinda take off in his career really quick, especially in that equipment, uh, over there for, you know, Gibbs Toyotas. But um didn't kind of stalled out in a little bit and um you know kind of lost that ride there again and uh moved on and and went to petty and uh with the next gen car and and how tight uh you know how how much it's tightened up the field all the way throughout you know uh he's able to go and showcase some of more just his raw talent instead of uh you know money buying the speed and the equipment so i really need to see that especially for a guy like eric jones and um I mean, even to touch base on that, when when we're talking about the playoffs and everything that's been going on, PJ, it's like, uh, man, you, you move into it, and we, we start out there at Darlington in the in the classic Southern 500, and Eric Jones comes home with a win, and uh, we turn around and go to Kansas, and lo and behold, here we are, 45, you know, Bubba Wallace now, um, you know, moving over to run for that ownership, uh, you know, championship there for 2311 out of the 23 to the 45, and uh, he wins. Uh, you know, we saw, uh, you know, Kurt Busch win it early, in that 45 car earlier in the year with that Jordan Payton scheme, and they, and they brought I'm sure they brought the same car back, I would think, and uh, Bubba got out there, and man, I tell you what, on the long run, he had absolutely the best car out there. I think Denny Hamlin might have had one, uh, you know, a little bit of a chance to catch him there towards the end, a few more laps maybe, but it didn't go that way, and, and Bubba got that win there at Kansas. Um, and then to turn around, and here we go to Bristol, and you watch Chris Buescher, uh, you know, go out and, and win that race. So, I mean, there's just been a historic year, all the way through NASCAR regular season, and now we're into the playoffs, and uh, I want to say I've read that that was the first time ever since we started this playoff system that a non-playoff driver, uh, drivers have won, you know, a playoff driver didn't win one of the first three races, so we had non-playoff drivers, you know, sweep the first round of, of 16, and uh, it's just just neat, uh, you know, we're, we're going on 19 different winners I guess, I, I call it 20, because I still think Ryan Blaney there at Texas, you know, counts as a win, all-star race or not, in a point-paying race, but um, you know, 19 different regular season winners, and I mean, we could we could possibly break some records. I mean, you still got uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney out there that are winless this year in point races, so um, really going to be interesting moving forward into this round of 12. I think we've got a really good set of racetracks here. All three are really different. You've got that mile-and-a-half, the super speedway, uh, and then you got the Roval. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see what, what goes down here coming into these next rounds of the playoffs, but Uh, Just all around, what a great few last couple months and months it's been uh, for NASCAR and and its fans. I mean, the racing has been amazing. Uh, You're
0: you're right about all that, seeing uh, that 43 back in victory lane. Bubba Wallace, like you said, really dominating that race at Kansas and and driving it in there for the win. Huge win there. And uh, Chris Buescher as well winning at Bristol. We'll we'll talk about that more uh, here in a second. But as you said, still plenty of winners and plenty of drivers that are capable of winning, and we've seen in victory lane several times before that haven't won this year. Uh, So we, we could break a ton of records. Uh, so far this year but uh brandon uh, moving forward uh, another huge topic that we didn't really get to cover when it when it broke kyle bush kyle bush moving on from joe gibbs racing and you know before this year never would have thought that would have happened obviously throughout this year we've we've kind of seen it fall apart right he's moving on to richard childress racing to race in the number eight car so uh, race fans let your imagination go wild there right Kyle Busch racing for Richard Childress Racing in the number 8. <laughs> Tyler Reddick is going to race uh, there at RCR for 2023 in a different car apparently, but man, just Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch at RCR next year. Kyle Busch in the 8. This is this is wild
1: man I tell you what PJ I, I never expected to see this day I mean the you know pretty much Gibbs winning his driver two championships there I think out of his 60 career cup series wins he got 55 or 54 of Matt Gibbs I, I never would have thought um, we'd see the day where Kyle Busch left you know Gibbs and Toyota in general I, I was still you know in the back of my mind going okay if he's not going to be a Gibbs he's got to go to 23-11 for that season I mean I don't I don't know what's going on with Kurt you know and, and his health conditions with a concussion like something was very similar to, I think, what we saw with Dale Jr., um, and especially being, you know, a little bit older of a driver, who who knows if he's coming back at all? Um, so I was very surprised. It caught me off guard. I mean, I, you know, we've heard colleague and RCR and, and a few different teams, twenty three, eleven, there for the last few months. Um, and when you asked, when this first came out about you know the contract talks and you know Eminem's leaving as a sponsor, major sponsor, I knew it was a big hit. Knew it was a big chunk of money that Gibbs was losing. But I mean, how do you give up a guy with the talent of Kyle Busch, right? How do you let him go? Um, and we even heard some Toyota executives kind of comment on that through the news outlets and different things, Going, you know, at the end of the day, we want Kyle Busch here. We, we want him to stay. And, um, you know, lo and, lo and behold, uh, he, he ended up leaving. So I think, uh, you know, from the point of view of, of Gibbs, I mean, it, it's, it's a smart move in a way. You, you got your grandson Ty down there. That's, you know, very, very talented. Um, you know, we, we've seen that on the racetrack. I think that he's still got a lot of growing to do, obviously is 19, 20 year old. You get, you got a lot to grow. Um, But the talent's there, and um, you know when it, when it comes down to it and boils down to it, it it's kind of like uh, you know in the NFL if you got an older quarterback that's in his you know 12th season of playing and he's still good but you've got a young kid that's down there that could carry you for the next 10 years uh, what do, what do you do you know so I see it from an organizational standpoint and definitely from the family I mean I see that but uh, you know at the end of the day I, th- I think it's one of those things where um, sponsorship definitely played a part in it I think that you know when Kyle Bush is willing to take pay. Cuts from being the highest paid driver to, um, you know, trying to figure it out to stay put, and nothing still happens. I think the writing was on the wall then. But uh, what a great fit! I think it's going to be over there at RCR. You know, Bush is coming back to Chevy. Started his career there at Hendrick um, for the first few years, and and went on to Toyota, and now we're going to RCR. So I think that um, you know, especially in today's uh, NASCAR with the next gen and, and how tight there again the competition's gotten. I think that Kyle Bush to any uh, team is definitely going. To be a bonus, uh, and, and when you look at it, um, you know, we think of Richard Childress Racing being, you know, Earnhardt and and everything that went along with him and the championships and the wins and just a, the success that they had together, um, and then after that, it's kind of like RCR kind of, you know, took some steps down the ladder, um, and I think with Kyle Busch being there, not only can he kind of get that organization back on the right foot as far as what direction to head, I feel like, um, I think that he can bring in a lot of things that he learned at Gibbs and just the overall, how we run it, what what we do as a team, you know, the communication aspect of it, the you know, prepping for these races. Um, I definitely think he'll he'll help build that team up. Uh, now, the biggest question for me is just sitting there watching and you watch Tyler Reddick go. Well, yeah, you still got to ride in 2023 at at Childress, and he's going to get another charter from somewhere. But it's almost like, you know, I, I see the writing on the wall that you know, if Kurt Bush decides, hey, I, I'm I'm done. I mean, I think that you could possibly see 2311 and Richard Childress work out a deal to buy. A, um, you know Tyler Reddick out of that contract to put him over there next season, so we'll have to keep a close eye on it here. Uh, you know, throughout the rest of the playoffs and the offseason to see what kind of happens. But uh, yeah, what a what a big move there for Richard Childress. I mean, you know, got got a two time champion back in the seat. You know, I think that's going to help build your organization up. And uh, not only did you get him, you also got a uh, another little guy. You know, old old B Rex out there. You know, Kyle Busch's son. You you got him as a as a little driver too with his uh you know his race and stuff. So uh, just a neat deal. And uh, moving forward, we're going to have to see you know how it plays out. But I definitely expect. Uh, kyle bush to you know help propel that rcr team uh, back into winning some races on a consistent basis and at least contending up front for those wins for sure
0: yeah man i'm with you it's it's something that i certainly never thought i'd see but hey we're, we're gonna see it now and i, I think this honestly is a, is a unexpected but pretty solid fit uh, you think about uh, some of the personalities uh, there at, at Richard Childress Racing, and kind of the driver that Richard Childress likes to have. I mean, he, he said it himself. You know, obviously the comparisons ring off the wall all the time, but Richard Childress said it himself. He said, I, I looked in his eyes, I asked him what he wanted to do, he said, when, and when he said that, he had that same look that Dale Earnhardt had when when I ended up signing him and when I asked him that question. So uh, I mean, like I said, the comparisons have have always kind of been there in in certain fashions. And you know what? I think this is actually could be a really good partnership. It's very interesting that it's that it's in an eight car, or you know, potentially could have been in a three. You know, Austin Dillon's not giving that up though. Uh, but still, uh, just just crazy to think about the possibilities. Any way you spin it though, I, I think it could be a really good fit. Like you said, uh, you know I, I think RCR is getting better incrementally. Well I think Kyle Bush in a race car and in your in your team uh, facilities can boost that up uh, pretty quickly. And uh, especially with, with his talent. Now, uh, of course, uh, you know, are they going to let him be him with his personality? That seems like it was it was a big point. Uh, so it seems like that, that might happen. Uh, but any way you look at it, I think this is a, actually a pretty good match. We'll see how it works out. But I think Kyle Busch could, you know, maybe take RCR to the next level here if things go well. Now, if things go bad, they're going to go really bad, I think. You know, it, it kind of has that volatile type of feel to it. But... I don't think it's going to go that way. I actually have a really good feeling about this partnership. Can't wait to see where it goes in the future. But we'll come back. We'll talk about the recent race win uh, there by Chris Buescher at Bristol and uh, closing out the round of 16 here when we come back on Green-White Checker. Welcome back. It's green, white, checkered here all across the super stations. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you and want to remind you to check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' every Wednesday night there at Coach's Corner with our guy Brandon Bain. He'll catch you up on all the midweek NASCAR news and get you set for the race weekend every single week as well. If you can't make it to Coach's Corner, no problem. Check out the Coach's Corner Facebook live feed there every Wednesday night. With Brandon Bain for Rubbin' and Grubbin'. but speaking of Rubbin' and Grubbin', there's there's plenty of that at Bristol, and I'll tell you what, man, you talk about kind of unexpected winners. Uh, to me, we had that last week. Then again, this this whole uh, round of 16 was was crazy and fun to watch, like we talked about. As you mentioned, Chris Buescher comes home with the win, leading 169 laps. And this is his first win since that rain-shortened Pocono race, which he won. And, you know, I I love seeing this. The first race, he's able to cross the finish line first under a green flag, right? And And not only that, but go out, lead laps, dominate a race, and win it. Now, Christopher Bell, you talk about unexpected. Christopher Bell leads 143 laps. Brad Keselowski ran uh, led 109 laps so roush fenway keselowski racing was insanely competitive uh there at bristol uh, brad keselowski comes home 13th uh but chris busher man leads 169 laps uh dominant for a lot of the race and ends up coming home with a win good for that kid and it might have been unexpected to me but uh just continues this trend of, of new winners and uh drivers really being able to show what they can do in this new car
1: yeah, I tell you, PJ, it's just awesome to see, you know, uh, knowing knowing Chris Buescher's career and just the ups and downs that he's went through um, as a driver, uh, you know, to watch him get that, you know, first real, I guess, if you want to call it, victory. I mean, we all know rain-shortened races happen. Earnhardt Gordon, all the greats have won quite a few of them that way as well. But to see him go out and, you know, lead 160-plus laps there towards the end, um, and, and looking like he's running away with it, uh, it's just great to see, especially for a guy that's paid his dues in the sport. And there again, that that resorts back to this next gen, this next gen man. I mean, it, it's just tightened the competition up so much. I don't think there's anybody that at the beginning of the year said we're going to have 19 different winners. We're going to have 20 different winners. Nobody said that. Um, you know, and and I tell you what, it's funny on Rubbing and Grubbin You know, we do a segment on there about uh, looking at betting. You know, the odds and different things, and uh, yeah, the <laughs> If you go back and check out that Bristol episode right there towards the end, picking picking on the money bet, I, I said, if you're looking for a really huge payday, you need to take Chris Buescher. You know, he's had really good runs there, and lo and behold, he, he won. Um, but, yeah, just a, just an awesome experience. And, and when you're talking about, uh, you know, just playoff drivers, I mean, when you look at the whole first three races we went through there at uh, Darlington, Kansas, and then obviously there at Bristol, so many guys had so much trouble. And I think that's just kind of been the storyline of the year, right? I mean, um, you know, we've heard Harvick's comments about the parts and, you know, about different things, and earlier in the season it was the tires and, and different things like that. But, you know, I think it's also added that element into the sport that we lost there for a little bit. I mean, the, the what-ifs and the, and the, you know, things that you can't control. So, you know, honestly, I think it's just amazing. I mean, we, we had Harvick there at Darlington, you know, uh, kind of running top five and catch on fire for no reason, and, and NASCAR kind of made some changes of that to allow them to coach some different parts. There with some with some stuff to help prevent fires, and um, you know we go into Kansas, and you got guys there that have issues, and then into Bristol we saw all the tire issues and, and pit road issues, and uh, you know equipment issues, and, and Kyle Busch blowing motors, and um, you know just so much. So uh, it cost a couple past champions their shot. You know Harvick and Kyle Busch were both eliminated. I think Redick missed it by a point. Um, you know so when you go back and you look at the season, how many times all he needed was that one position or or one more point that would have kind of propelled him into this next round um you know at the end of the day that's just racing that's part of it but uh, what an exciting first you know round of 16 that we had and I'm, I'm ready to get it set and get it going here today uh you know when we, when we pull up here and, and uh, get this thing rolling at texas you know I, i'm really interested to see what we got uh we saw the all-star race there which was you know without not without controversy and everything that happened with the window net and uh so on and so forth but uh, we got a 500 mile lap race here we're heading into and it's going to be interesting to see what these cars do this will be the first time that we've seen them on texas so it can go two ways i really hope that it turns out to be something similar to what we saw at the coca-cola 600 this year at charlotte uh, i thought that was one of the best races of the year um so i think if if they bring a product like that and we end up with a product of racing the way we did at charlotte i think that um, a lot of people out there that down texas is being boring might might look at it and go man this was this was actually a pretty good race so we're just gonna have to wait and see for sure
0: yeah absolutely and you know sadly uh, we don't have time to to go through and talk about every single one of these drivers because I I know both of us uh, would love to but as you mentioned um, four of those guys knocked out you have Austin Dillon, uh, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Tyler Reddick knocked out of the playoffs those are four I think very very big contenders obviously a couple of championship winners there in the past and Tyler Reddick has been an incredible up-and-comer over the past few years well let's talk about the the round of 12 here uh what do you what do you think about this field that we have with ross chastain austin Sindrick, uh kyle larson chase elliott denny hamlin chase briscoe chase briscoe ryan blaney christopher bell joey logano william byron uh alex bowman and daniel suarez kind of a mixed bag of some some past champions in there some some highly touted uh race winners as well And then you have a a bunch of new guys, I think, in there who uh, are a real threat to, to not only win some races, but be there at the end.
1: Yeah, you you hit it on the head there, PG. I mean the, the biggest thing is in this round of twelve is you know, every time that we hit an elimination and, and four guys get knocked out, the competition only gets steeper. You know, we reset those points and um, it blew my mind when I saw the statistic. I think it was yesterday I was looking at it. You know, if we were if we didn't have a playoff system and and it would just went by regular season points, I think Chase Elliott has the field by two two full races right now, one hundred and thirty eight points to the good over second place. Um but that's not how we do it anymore. We do the playoffs and they reset. So the biggest thing is when you look at a guy like Ryan Blaney, he finds himself sitting somewhat comfortable starting out this round of twelve. Um and if for some reason, you know, he, he, you know, makes that round of eight, when those points reset he finds himself below the cut line. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done for a lot of these guys, not necessarily going out and winning the races, but just finishing the races ahead of the competition you're racing against and maybe locking in some stage points when you can, especially for a guy down towards, you know, the bottom half of that, that You know, twelve drivers. So, um, I think it's going to be interesting there again. It it resorts back to just consistency and executing. I mean, you got to come out. We can't have any equipment failures. We got to be clean on pit road. We can't make any mistakes, and and we got to stay out of trouble on the track. So, if any any one of these 12 drivers I think that we've all seen. I mean, we're, we're into it where every single one that's in there has a win. Uh, we're in it where, you know, we really don't know who's consistent enough to go out there and, and dominate. We had not seen that all season long. So there's a lot of still what-ifs, uh, but the game plan's still got to be the same. And uh, when you look at it, um, you know, I, I really thought that when we get down to the nitty-gritty and we're coming to it, uh, you know, there's some guys out there that, that did some things earlier in the season, like the Ross Chastains, um, that, you know, maybe would get the payback. And we just hadn't quite seen that yet. Um, and I don't know if we will, honestly. I don't know if we're going to see that style stuff that goes, hey, you know, remember when you did this to me, I'm going to knock you out. But um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how some of these guys, like the Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez, Austin Sendrick, um, you know, uh, Chase Briscoe, uh, these guys really have to figure out a way to not, to do and, and succumb to the to the pressure of the playoffs, right? They've, they've never been in this experience of going, okay, I've got a chance to make it to the next round, to maybe run and contend for my first championship. You can't let the pressure get to you. So, going to be interesting to see how a lot of the younger drivers and guys that have never been in this situation handle it. And at the same time, it's also going to be interesting to see how these veterans uh, deal with the issues that we've seen with the next gen and try to capitalize on getting the points and, and setting themselves nice and easy into the round of eight. Um, there, again, every every round we go through, we know that competition is going to get harder. You're still racing against the field, but really you've got those seven other or 11 other guys um, that you're keeping an eye on to know where they're at to try to maximize what points you come out with every single week. So going to be interesting to see I, i've loved it so far i mean i can't wait to keep progressing into these playoffs because i tell you it's it's you know i thought last year was probably one of the best nascar seasons when you look at it as a whole just the product or racing that they put on the track um but this year definitely steals the show by far i mean we've had some mechanical issues we've had some part issues um i'll have nascars back on that and go hey it's the first year that we've ran this next gen car it's the first year that we're you know third parting parts nobody's building their own parts so it's a huge learning curve and we can't expect you know Know, even though nascar did r&d this car for two years um, we can't expect everything to be right you can only simulate so much uh through testing and not actual race conditions 500 miles etc so um you know i give nascar big kudos the product on the racetrack is definitely tightened up and become better for me as a fan uh, anyways i mean there's a lot of guys that you see go out and win um and it's just going to be interesting there again to see what changes are made after this season into the 23 season but for right now i'm just super stoked man why Watching these uh, playoff rounds go by, and like I said, I think this is one of the most diverse rounds that we have. So it's really going to be interesting to see uh, how we handle all three of these races for sure. I mean, uh, you know, going into Darlington and Kansas, even though they're different, they're still mile and a half, and then you have that one short track. This year, you kind of get, uh, you know, the full array of what the sport is. So you got to be good at all three of these races to hopefully propel yourself into the round of eight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we have a, a really exciting round coming up when you talk about the racetracks. We're visiting um and the the kind of driver that you have there uh left in the playoffs there in that round of 12 so uh man yeah it, it's going to be super fun i i think it's it's interesting right like you got to look out for track house racing at at the charlotte motor speedway at the roval right like ross chastain daniel suarez they've both won on on road courses so far this year you talk about talladega Ross Chastain, that's where his other win came from. And then Texas, as you mentioned, um, you know, we haven't really seen that other than the All-Star race. So, yeah, man, it's a a very interesting round for sure. I love the mix bag. I I love it. Yeah, championship winners in there. You have, you know, full teams. We talk about Hendricks still in there. You have... Penske's still in there as well. These pedigree, traditional teams. And then you have Trackhouse, all of Trackhouse in there as well. Young Gun, like like Ryan Blaney, who's won races but hasn't been able to, to get to that championship round and, and really you know put his name in that championship threat just yet but but hey he's still in there so man it's it's an insanely exciting time and i love that you point out the payback the payback that's still sitting out there because we've had plenty of history between some of these drivers and yep looking right at you ross chastain and denny hamlin especially and let's be honest ross chastain with anyone has has history throughout this year but man it's going to be an exciting time can't wait to get to this next round at texas talladega and the roval we'll come back we'll talk about texas who are the guys that we're looking out for to win this weekend we'll come back talk about that here on green white checkered welcome back it's green white checkered here all across the super stations pj Zuko, brandon bain here with you be sure to check out brandon bain on rubbing and grubbing every wednesday night there at coach's corner be sure to go out there and if you can't Get a bite to eat that night on Wednesday, no problem. Check it out on the Facebook live feed there at Coach's Corners Facebook every Wednesday night with Brandon Bain rubbing and grubbing. But talking about it, man, there might be some of that here this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway as we start the round of 12. Brandon, who do we got to look out for at Texas?
1: Hey, I'll tell you, PJ, it's Texas. <laughs> It's been a year that uh, you know when we go to pick these drivers. I mean, really, it's a shot in the dark because it's just been so inconsistent uh, all season long. There hasn't ever really been a guy. Uh, I think maybe outside Chase Elliott, there for a few months that you're like, oh, he's he's going to win, you know. So uh, it's really tough. Now, I don't I don't know how I feel about it, but I'll take uh, the first guy I'll take on the list has got to be Denny Hamlin. Uh, look at that that round of you know 16 and finishing second there at the first two races, and uh, maybe not having the best Bristol run. But uh definitely seems like they got mile and a half program together over there at, at Toyota for sure. They've been fast all season, uh, even though maybe they haven't got the finishes. So we'll see if we can break the streak of a non playoff driver winning with Denny Hamlin first. Uh second for me, I gotta look at the guy there again. I just said at Chase Elliott, you know, I'm never gonna leave him off the list. That's my guy. Uh just the consistency they've shown all season long. I, I expect him, you know, to go out and have a good run, knowing Texas probably isn't one of his best statistical racetracks. Um, but there again, I think that they'll find a way to at least maximize on the points that day and, and come out with a good run for sure. Three is a guy I think that's already been eliminated and, uh, it, and that's got to be the 18 of Kyle Bush. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think that what we've seen through Kyle this season has been, you know, the ups and downs of, of the contract controversy. I mean, it, it. I don't think necessarily it was about himself for a while. It was, but you know, KBM Motorsports and all the employees and, and all the shops that he owns and what's going to happen if I don't. And, you know, just the stress of, you know, having to hire or fire people, and now that all that's gone, uh, he has nothing else to lose. He's out of the playoffs, he doesn't have to answer to Joe Gibbs anymore, so wouldn't surprise me if you see the 18 driver, of the 18 go out there and just let it all hang out, man, and go for the win, and uh, Texas there, again, active drivers, he's got the most wins before out of everybody that's active right now, so can't count him out ever, uh, so I'll take him third. Four for me, gotta be the guy that won it last season, Kyle Larson. Um, I know a lot of folks, we kind of looked at it this season, expecting Him to come out and dominate again the way he did last year. And we hadn't quite seen that, but he's been quietly very, very good all season long. We hadn't really talked about it enough. Um, You know, we kind of, you know, talk about his mishaps that he has, but not so much just the consistency throughout the season that he's shown uh, and very quietly sneaky good. So I'll definitely take Kyle Larson going four. And uh, five for me it's probably the hardest spot to pick. There's a lot of guys out there that are doing good, but I think I'll take uh, Ryan Blaney. I'll take the all-star winner there. I think that uh, there again, if they can kind of come out and execute, uh, I think we'll see the, that 12 car, you know, contending up front for a win, uh, you know, today whenever we get there and get this thing under the green flag. But uh, going to be interesting to see, man. A little, little rough to pick those. And the dark horse guys, I mean, we're not going to go too dark for sure. Um, a couple guys that were already in the playoffs, I think you got to watch Kevin Harvick there again. Pretty good at Texas. Has a couple. Wins there, um, and and you definitely got to watch out for Tyler Reddick. We've seen him, uh, you know, up towards the front of this race before as well. So those are two guys. And if you're looking for somebody really, really dark, um, I think you got to look at three guys. You know, Daniel Daniel Suarez. We already talked about him a little bit. Eric Jones went in Darlington. I think that there, again, another mile and a half, he could be fast. And Chris Buescher coming back home to his home track, you know, there in Texas. So uh, those are three guys I think that, you know, the odds might not show it. But uh, if they bring good equipment, qualify good, I think those are three guys uh, also towards towards the back of the odds that could definitely run good there.
0: I'm with you on almost all those, man, for sure. I'm going to start off actually with Chase Elliott. You talked about his consistency, and earlier in the show, if it was the normal point system or the old point system, he'd be far and away ahead of anybody, and that just shows you where he's at and just how he's been all year. Does he have seven wins? No. But is he going to get a top five almost every race? Most likely. I mean, you're not going to be wrong betting on it. So I think Chase Elliott here, uh, give me him at Texas Motor Speedway, keeping his nose clean and finding himself in victory lane there as the checkers fly. Now, a guy won albeit under some controversy the all-star race earlier in the year and that was ryan blaney and you know what i I said it earlier in the show he hasn't really put his stamp on a championship run yet book it this this might be the year we haven't seen seen him win a ton of races we've seen him go through some dry spells and some some big wrecks so far this year but i think it all kind of comes to fruition he makes a run And it starts here at Texas. He either wins or comes home second here. That's Ryan Blaney. Denny Hamlin, I think you're spot on with that pick as well. I will go with Denny Hamlin there as my third pick as he's just been so strong all year. A guy that maybe has tailed off a little bit but was really strong on these types of tracks earlier in the season. Ross Chastain talking about keeping his nose clean that's what he's got to do and stay out of trouble stay out of other drivers way right (laughs) ways right uh but give me Ross Chastain there number four I think you'll have a pretty solid run there and and like we said this is this might be the race where the championship drivers the playoff drivers uh kind of get back to run to running strong staying out of trouble and getting these big victories you can't talk about the championship and the playoffs and, and not mention Kyle Larson uh, again as he had a dominant season no but he's still there he's he's still there almost every single race and he's still threatening for the win almost every single race. Give me Kyle Larson there in the fifth spot. Now, for a dark horse, man, is there really a dark horse this year in any race, right? I mean, like you like you said, it's kind of, you know, a shot in the dark on who's going to win these races. But I'll tell you what, uh, with this type of kind of mile-and-a-half feel, and, you know, I know Texas is a little different now, but uh, still— This guy won a few weeks ago. Is he really, you know, a dark horse? Uh, I'm not sure because he's really been competitive in a lot of races uh, so far this year and a lot of races over the past few weeks. But give me Bubba Wallace. I think he's going to be up there in the top 10 again here at Texas uh, competing and, and trying to get another win there in that 45. But for Brandon Bain, I am PJ Zuko. Thank you so much for being patient. So happy to be back and make this playoff push on Green White Checker to hear every Sunday from 9 to 9:30 all across the super stations. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your weekend and race day. God bless.